0: Hey everyone, welcome to Champions for Life podcast where magical things happen and I'm excited. Today is the 4th of July and I hope everybody's having an amazing 4th of July safe out there and remembering the reason why we celebrate it, because we live in the greatest country in the world. This is why I'm doing this podcast, because we have the freedom, thanks to those men that fought for our freedom, to be able to do all these things. So I hope you enjoyed today's podcast. Today, we're going to be speaking about a very special topic from a very special friend. And I want to introduce him to you. But before I do that, let me tell you this multifaceted man. First, his name is Jody Piles. Jody Piles is a master in the martial arts and uh, has his own Piles Combat System, which is amazing. He's also a pastor at Connection Church here in Virginia, and he's also a great friend, him and his wife, to my wife and I. So, I want to uh, have him say a little bit about himself, and then we're going to get right into the topic, which I think you're going to be really, really excited. So, before we get into the topic, Mr. Jody Piles, how are you today, sir? Doing wonderful, sir. Thanks for having me. You're welcome. You're welcome. So tell us a little bit about yourself, and uh, then we're going to get into
1: some topics of interest here. Um, I've been doing martial arts about 29 years this year, so obviously it's a huge part of my life. It, as well as music, are probably the the two big things that kind of run parallel in my life uh, as far as my focus. But um, most recently, in the last two years, I've been senior pastor of a church that... We planted in Dublin, Virginia, called Connection Church that you mentioned. Um, But my real passion is, you know, as if that's not enough, my real passion and the thing, if I could put everything down and do one thing for the rest of my life, would be rescuing people.
0: Mm. Awesome. Now, you may be thinking as you hear that, you know, rescuing people. I don't hear that much about that. Or you may be like, wow, that's pretty interesting. But let me give you some perspective, okay, uh there's slavery and modern day slavery exists today in human trafficking uh you know uh sex slave for kids uh for pornography uh drugs etc so tell us a little bit about that how first of all how did you get into that
1: well i was at a men's conference in concord north carolina just outside of charlotte and I heard a guy stand up and talk about all these things he had seen and the places he had been all over the world and saw all this trafficking taking place. And, and he said, I really just, I desire to have a group of guys who have the training and ability who can go into these places and, and you know, basically kick doors in and pull people out. And I don't know, it's like a light bulb flipped on. And years before, a guy had told me, he says, you know, one day you're going to find that everything in life is going to come together for a kingdom purpose. And um, I laughed at him. I said, there's really only a couple things I'm good at, you know. And one of them involved kicking down a door and going in, you know, through law enforcement, martial arts background and stuff. And um, when I heard this, it was like a light bulb flipped on. I was like, man, that sounds awesome. That's me. I want to do that. And uh, honestly, I went on my first trip just because I was adrenaline junkie. I was like, I'm going to do it. You know, I just got to, I want to, you know, hopped on a plane. And I was in, you know, Asia, you know, kicking doors in and pulling kids out. And, um, but then after the first kid I rescued... I realized it was something more than that. You're actually changing lives. And you see, to see and experience that and to see the change in a human being, and, you know, it wasn't, you know, I felt a little guilty that initially it was for an adrenaline rush for me, but it was saving someone's life.
0: Wow. So since then, and once, once I had
1: that experience, you know, ever since then it's gotten to a point that, I don't know, that is that is my rush, having to, to see a life changed. Wow.
0: Now, there, there's a difference
1: from <clears throat> rescuing an adult and rescuing a child.
0: But they're both powerful. Um, do, do you focus on either one or is it your main thing children?
1: It, no, honestly, it's, it's, it's either or. Now, in the time that I've been doing this over the last few years, I honestly, I've rescued probably more children than I have adults. Um, most of those have been out of the country. I have done it here inside the U.S. as well. Wow. Um, and it, there, there's such a... The red tape when it comes to kids here in this country is so crazy because you and like I've I've gone to the courthouse before and the court signed me over custody so I can transport kids across state lines and stuff here in this country where other countries it's not like that you know it's they really do things like the church should like we've gone in places and rescued kids from places and take them to a a Christian home and say hey you know sir meet your new son son meet your new dad and they'll take that kid in and raise it if it's theirs Um, you know and that's what the church should be, you know. Um, but it, it's, it's completely different, obviously, from culture to culture. So uh, here in this country, I've rescued more adults, uh, consenting females who have been trapped into the sex industry, uh, who want out, who have send, sent word, hey, this is, this is what's going on, I, I want out. And so we find a facility to uh, restore them and to rehabilitate them and give them whatever mental, emotional, physical, spiritual help they need. And then we go... Do whatever we need to do, and then pick them up, transport them to that location, and um, we always find facilities. I've got a few facilities across the U.S. that we work with, and uh, I always find one that's furthest away from wherever we rescue, obviously, um, so that you know the further the connection. Of course, today, modern times, it's you know everyone's connected everywhere, but to make it a little more difficult for people and pimps and people like that to find um, the victims.
0: Wow! Now. I don't know, but I, as I'm listening, my mind is creating these pictures in my in my head and trying to figure out you know what really happens and and what 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 is that? what do you what do you see before you get in? what do you what is your preparation coming in? So for example, you get a word H- how do you get the word first of all, how do you get how do you get to all right, we need to go to X place, x country and rescue X person? Do they give you a picture of the person? Do they tell you who they are? Do they look a certain way? What are you looking for, and how do you get that information
1: first? Well, it's, it's different from here to you know working internationally. Uh, so let's start with here first. If it's inside the U.S., usually it's a family or a friend or a victim has reached out to an organization that I work with. Um, and I work with, like I said, a number of organizations, and basically they're like the gun they pull the trigger and I'm the bullet and I just go. Um, so I'll go and usually I'll get, you know, I'll, I'll know what the person looks like, I'll get a picture, I'll get an a- idea that here's the address, here's the situation, here's what the, you know, the pimp looks like. And, and so I know all this stuff going into it and then I can form a team based on that particular need. I go in, I know what I'm, I'm stepping into. Now when it comes to other countries, it's a little bit different. A lot of times I work with uh, mission organizations. Um, for example, um, I, I worked in Cuba here recently. Uh, before that, I was in Nicaragua. and in, wow. in, in Nicaragua, basically, there was a missionary. He says, you know, he says I, f- I feel like this is going on because of some kind of a sense I'm getting and seeing some things, but I don't know. And because I'm a missionary here, it's going to look really weird if I start investigating. Can you come down and investigate? Wow. So we go down, we investigate, and... You know, our first night on the ground, he thought it was going to take us a week to figure stuff out. Our first night on the ground, we're like, "Yeah, this is going on. This is what I found." We full- gave him a full, you know, sit rep that first night, and you know, he stood and just cried. He's like, "I can't believe this has been going on under my nose, and I had no clue." And um, now, now, when when you get there and you figure these things, are
0: you allowed to talk about how you investigate, how you do that, how you come to those
1: conclusions? Um, yeah. To, to an extent, uh, and, and like I said, every situation is different. Yes. Um, depending on where we're at. A lot of times we go in as if we're a John, a John being someone who's trying to trying to purchase. Um, so you go in with a team or, or a few people and you start asking questions, hang out in the normal places. And this is things that, that if you try to raise money or whatever through regular churches, they're going to be like, what? You use church money to, to go to a bar? You know, religious people are going to think something one, one yeah. day. Um, but you just find and it doesn't matter where you go there's always some guy in a town who knows people he knows somebody who knows somebody who can get you anything you want wow and uh so typically what we do is we just you know you hang out and you find those people and start asking the right questions and before long you're what do you want so
0: where did you you do this hanging out like give give us a better picture like because my mind is like blown up right here i'm thinking like you you know you go to a foreign place and what where, where do you start like what well, does that happen like for example
1: I was in Cuba last week and wow uh, my my first night in town I was I I, I arrived in the country uh, got to my you know hostel about two two thirty in the afternoon and by ten o'clock I'd already found everything I needed really um, I come out and I run in run into a guy and everybody. And you know they're all hustling something, right? Yeah. So so this guy's, you know, what do you need? What you, you know, what you need? And, and I, you know, I'm like, you know, I'm looking for a good place. to You know, somebody just wants to let loose and have fun in this country. What, what do you do? Well, he's like, oh man, I got you, I got you, brother, I got you. And he's like, you know, come. I was like, he's like, what you need? What you, I said, well, I don't know a little bit of everything. What what do you got to offer? And just, well, I can get you this, I can get you this. He's offering everything. He's like, I can get you marijuana, I can get you girls. I'm like, ah. I was like, okay, talk to me about the chicas. What what you got? And he's like, oh, you want want dark, you want light, you want how old, how young. Wow, now
0: this is in Cuba. Yep. Who is still communist.
1: Mm -hmm.
0: And, you know, you figure they have a really tight rein on things. But it's just like every country. There's still
1: illegal stuff happening even inside of it like that, huh? Well, here's what's interesting about that country. Yes, it's illegal. However, prostitution is allowed as long as the girls and pimps pay a tax. Wow! You guys hear that? That is
0: amazing. Wow! Wow. So I have a question. So let's stay with Cuba, since I'm from Cuba. Those of you who know, I'm, I'm Cuban. So I'm kind of interested in knowing how that operates there. So. All right, so you get the information, and this so-called person who's hustling, they don't know that you're investigating. They think that you're one of the clients or customers, right? Now, now when you find out and you really want to free the person or the kid or the child, what is the opposition, or how do you do that? Like, How, like how do you put your life at risk and be safe at the same time and get the kid out or the girl out or the guy out? How, how do you do that?
1: Well, really, it's easy for us because we don't live there. Um, you know, Usually by the time they're looking for whoever it is that came in and done this, you're on a plane headed home. Um, but you can't do it without having the help of local missions groups because it's up to those guys to, to set up a safe house, to have a place to rehabilitate these folks because what's the point of me going in somewhere and rescuing a girl and then... You have no place to put them, and then there's nowhere to put them. Well, right. then then you take them up here and set them on the street. Well, what's the first? The only thing they they're knew going to, to go do, by. they're going to go right back into what they knew because they got to have money, they got to survive. Then it becomes about survival. Um, so you've got to have the help of local groups, local missions groups, and so someone to take these girls in and love on them. You know, let them know you know there is value to them. they're you know, um, that God loves them. That you know, and and to begin to restore them, build them up spiritually. You know, and also part of the when we raise money, when we were able to do that, we go in and I remember one time in Pakistan, we were in Pakistan, I rescued an entire family. So what we did is we took that whole family, you could just take that whole family and pawn them off on somebody else, say here, they're your responsibility. We raised up enough money to give these folks a house for the first you know few months. And then on top of that, we gave this guy a fruit and vegetables cart, so that now he has an opportunity to make money for his own family, produce a residual income, and so, you know, that's where the money goes that we raise to go to these things. Um, wow. So I don't know if that answered your question. Yeah, yeah,
0: definitely. Um, do you have any, any stories that, you know, anything ever went wrong? He's quiet and smiling. <laughs> <laughs> I take that as a yes. Yeah,
1: sometimes things go wrong. All
0: right, can you give us a little synopsis of something that went wrong? Like juicy, <laughs> like, you know, like, Wow. This wasn't supposed to go this way, and it went
1: that way. Um, I'll will t- tell you a simple one, and it's the one that happened this past week. Wow. Okay. Mon- Monday night. Um,
0: now this is this is in Cuba. We're back in Cuba. This was this last week.
1: Yeah. Um, this guy, I don't I don't remember his name. Um, he's kind of the, the street hustler there. Finally, he's like, I'm gonna take you to this bar. I'm gonna. Like, well, I- hey, we go into this bar. <clears throat> he orders a drink. A couple minutes later, this this girl walks in, sits down. And he introduces his girlfriend, and we're still, I'm like, what, you know, what's around here? What can I, Where can I find this? Where can I find this? Just trying to get information. And sometimes we go in, me and some of my buddies, we got hidden cameras. We'll go in with him, hidden cameras, and video this stuff, and, and take it back to whoever the missions group is and say, hey, this is what's going on in your neighborhood. Um, well, anyway, a few minutes later, this other girl walks in. And I'm like, well, who's this? He goes, oh, this is my girlfriend over here, but this one's your girlfriend. I'm like, no, no, I didn't, we didn't agree on anything, I, you know, I I'm not interested in this. Well, we start arguing back and forth, and he gets a little upset. So um, I stand up, and I'm like, I you know, I'm, I'm walking out of here. I'm, I'm sorry. I'm done. Why? Well, I, I step outside the door. What I didn't realize is her pimp was standing outside. Ouch. And um, so he stops me and kind of confronts me like, whoa, whoa, whoa you know, You can't go anywhere. <laughs> you got you to pay for you know, you got to pay for it right there. And um, I'm like, wow. you know, that wasn't the agreement. You know, I was simply asking questions. I don't want, I'm not here to purchase anything. Well, he tried to lay hands on me. And so I laid hands on him. <laughs> and um, it, it wasn't nothing major. You know, we just, you know, I politely let him know that it <laughs> was going to go down. Um, so that's, that's one way sometimes, you
0: know. So wait, I want to stay there a little bit. So, so this guy, the pimp. Yeah. Right. That's his money. Yeah, that's his income. Right. So now he's not going to make any money. So he's pissed. He's upset.
1: And just for the record, Woo! Woo! girls in Cuba are about thirty to fifty dollars. Anything. You wow. Want, thirty to fifty U.S. dollars. Wow.
0: Wow. This is so sad. And what? What do the girls get
1: out of that? Now that I don't know. Um, wow. I, I never investigated. Do they really want out? And that's another thing. I, I've been places, and I've seen girls who they obviously want out, and then others. This is their life. They're happy with their life. They feel like they make a good income. They're working for their money, and I can't help people like that. You know, unless somebody wants. We're not in the kidnapping business. Um, a girl I rescued here in the United States. I walked in, knocked on the door. She thought we set it up as if I was just a regular John going to visit her. As soon as I walk in, I showed her my phone. So, this is me. This is your best friend. She's in the car right now. We're here to get you out. You have 30 seconds to get anything you can possibly carry, and let's go. And of course, she's completely stunned, like, uh, like, you ain't got time for that. Let's roll. And, uh, she's like, I can't go. Is that your final answer? Because I will not come back for you. And, um, so when you put something like that on them and, and, and it's real, you know, then she's like, okay, let's go. So, you know, we, we take them. But, I mean, it's, it's kind of, um, there's no time really to make, you know, they, they've got to be ready to roll they, because if we're not in the kidnapping. If a consenting adult looks at me, she's over the age of 18, and she says, no, I do not want to go. Thank you. Have a good day. Now, I will say, I've had one look at me and say, I don't want to go. And after I had taken her out of the situation, we're, we're driving down the road, and she's like, I changed my mind. I want out. And uh, I stopped the vehicle, and I said, well, I'm not taking you back. You're on your own. She opened the door, and she got up and started walking. Wow. Um, now, I did explain to her, I said, I just want you to know that you're killing two people tonight. One, you're killing yourself. When you go back, you're killing yourself. And two, it's so selfish of you to do that because you just killed the girl I could be rescuing right now. And um, now, I will say this. That girl, eventually, we, we gave her a card and said, if you ever want out, call, call. this number. And Now, we didn't send the team in, but... We provided a bus ticket. You just got to make it to a bus station. And she did eventually get out. And actually, she's working rescuing other girls from human trafficking right now. Wow, that's a beautiful story. Ohio. That's a beautiful
0: story. Well, uh, we're going to be ending this part one here. And we're going to come back next week. This has been uh, Champions for Life podcast where magical things happen with Master Jody Piles, Pastor Jody Piles, and a friend Jody Piles. So, guys, thank you for listening in. I thought this was exciting for you to hear. We're going to come back with part two and go into a little bit more on the same topic. And maybe we can also get into the martial arts as well. Absolutely. All right. So, guys, you have a great day. And I'll talk to you on the next one. By the way, I am on Facebook, Jose De Servo. You can friend me there. You can find me on Instagram, uh, Jose De Servo. Twitter, you can follow me at Jay DeCervo, and you can join champions for life on facebook champions the number four and the word life victory always until next time hey good day welcome to champions for life where magical things happen we're here on part two of my guest mr jody piles reminding you that not only is he a good friend He's also a master in the martial arts. In addition to that, he's a pastor here in Virginia at Connection Church. Church. Sorry about that, Connection Church. I'm from Cuba, and so my Spanish and English get a little bit mixed up there sometimes. So, but anyway, uh, this is part two, and I'm also here with his lovely wife, Miss Ashley. They both run the church together, Connection Church. And so we want to get the perspective from the other half, right? As Mr. Jody goes on the missions, how does she feel about it? And we want to know also what are her exciting stories that he tells her. Or does she even want to know? We'll find out. We'll see. Hey, remember to connect with me in Facebook jose diservo and also instagram jose De Servo, and twitter jose De Servo, and also champions for life champions the number four and life on the group on facebook so we're back here mr jody how are you today wonderful sir excited to be speaking with you again i'm bringing this to the audience we have your lovely wife here miss ashley how are you today
2: doing great thank
0: you yes so uh i think i want to start with you on a question and that is the family (laughs) dog so he she loves yelling at me (laughs) i don't know why but she does so miss ashley yes sir uh when jody goes on the missions Mm -hmm. field out there right and recently he just went to cuba and in our last episode, we were talking about the things that happen and the things that don't go the way that it should or they plan. Mm-hmm. First of all, does, do you get nervous when he goes out?
2: I do. Um, but it's funny the transition from when he first started doing it to now how my nerves are different mm. and the peace that God's given me awesome. um, with it. The very first trip he took to Pakistan, I was very angry. Wow. I didn't want him to go. Um, In fact, I was a little bit selfish thinking if something happens, I'm left here by myself, you know. Um, And that was the first trip where he actually was detained for a couple of days. So that was a very scary phone call. Um, You know, a lot of prayer that happened. Um, But when he... I think the second time he went, he sent, he was able to send me a picture of a little girl they were trying to rescue, and my heart just kind of shifted. She was eight years old, and there was a picture of her sitting with her hands clasped together, and she was just praying as hard as you could pray, you know, and you could just see it through the picture, um, and he wanted to bring her home, and I said, absolutely, I'll have the spare room cleared out. Like, I was ready. But there was just no way you could get her out of the country. Um, But he said something to me a long time ago that really made me think, and he said, you know, if I'm going to die, I would rather die saving someone's life than to be in a car accident here at home or for some freak accident to happen. Um, And through the years as I've watched him go on all these missions and I've seen the lives that he's touched and changed, um, I know that that's his heart, that's his passion. And so that second trip to Pakistan, God just kind of gave me a peace, just mm-hmm. a release about mm-hmm. it. And ever since then, um, it's just like it's okay. Like, mm-hmm. I know that God's got him in his hand and he's protecting him. And um, I miss him when he's gone very much. But I know he's doing what makes him happy, and it's kingdom work, and he's mm-hmm. saving lives, you know.
0: Wow. I mean, we we talk about... Saving people's lives and transforming lives and all of that. But what I want to bring to you as the audience is the reality that you can't escape the truth of what's really happening in our world, right? Well, we enjoy a great time. Today we're celebrating, well, last week we celebrated the 4th of July and all of that. People are still celebrating. Mm -hmm. Uh, But, you know, we're in a free country. And even here, as I understand it, right? Right. There is still human slavery and trafficking and all of that.
2: In fact, even when he came home, um, he found out, it's probably been about a year or two ago, right here in our hometown, he found that there is trafficking going on. We live very close to a college campus. Um, like two minutes away, and he found several local places here that traffic in and out, um, even a local truck stop exit that's five minutes away from us that has heavy trafficking. So it's right in our backyards, um, you know, everywhere you go. Every, you know, you don't think about it because we live in a bubble, but him being involved in this work has really opened my eyes. Um, to be more cautious in my surroundings, really being open to what's happening and going on around me. So it's been pretty neat.
0: I, uh, that's, that's awesome, Miss Ashley. Uh, we got a few questions to ask you as well as... In a little bit, we're going to touch a little bit on the uh, martial arts. Do you train martial arts also? Yes, sir. Awesome. Well, we're going to talk about that in a few. <laughs> um, but... Jody, back to you now. How can, you know, well, first, tell me about your organization. How did it get started? How you got into it? How you decided, man, this is what I want to do. How, how did that happen?
1: As I told you before, you know, I kind of got into it thinking it was an adrenaline rush. You know, to me, it was like a way to take the, the things and the skills and the, you know, the knowledge i had and to apply them for something positive something for the kingdom because um, a lot of people can use you know a lot of people can use martial arts and those abilities in negative ways or you can use them in a positive way and teach people um but it was a way to to use abilities and gifts i had um for a positive way and for a kingdom purpose and it's really cool to, to stand up and preach a sermon and watch people get saved and experience that but it's it's such an amazing experience when you are there and you physically rescue someone and you see them not only spiritually but physically being brought out of bondage. Um, but originally, I started with a, an organization out of Pennsylvania and was going and rescuing children, and then kind of, kind of broke off and started forming my own team to go and do things both internationally and nationally because they were they were. They do a great work, but they're con- you know concentrating their efforts in one certain area on just children. And I saw some area, other areas that needed work. So I kind of broke off, began to subcontract, if you will, through a few other organizations. And um, that way I could do things both here in the States and abroad. Uh, one of the organizations I work with probably closer than any other is an organization called the Mercy Movement. I work with them um, uh, through them we're actually got some really exciting projects coming up. I'll, I'll be able to talk to you about later. Um, we've, uh, there's some books written about this. Uh, the head of the organization named Charles Powell has co-written a book. Uh, he and Dylan Burroughs wrote a book called not in my town. And it talks about human, human trafficking here in the States. They're writing a book called, uh, not in my country. And, uh, a couple of the, the chapters of that book actually has got some of my stories in it. Um, but, um, we have a group that we titled and called Spear And really, I, I handpicked my team. You know, just guys who, guys who have the same heart, um, good skill levels. I would rather have somebody with a good heart and poor skills than have somebody with great skills and a poor heart. Um, you know, because you can, it's an interesting um, kind of a gray area. You, you, in a sense, you have to walk doing this. And you want people who are strong enough spiritually to walk into these places, and not, and it not affect them. Um, I don't think anybody can not be affected, but it not affect them in such a negative way. I mean, you know, I'm affected by it. Um, it breaks my heart. I see things, and you know, I want to, I want to reach out and I want to help, but um, to where people can walk into these things and see these things and it not affect them and pull them negatively. Um, but um, as far as that organization I mean they 're my team I, I personally train them i 'll have guys come in periodically who i 'm kind of testing you know kind of to see who who I want on the team and we 'll put them through some training and stuff I do the defensive tactics uh, training for them um, we, we do everything from room entries working as a team moving through hallways moving through rooms as a team um, to just basic you know hand to hand stuff we do vehicle stuff uh, then we at the end of the week we kind of do a practical exercise and they don't know what it is, and actually no one knows what it is except for the guys on the team. But I take them out, and they have a particular mission, and that's what we do. But um, I um, also do a lot of stuff uh, with an organization out of Mobile, Alabama called IGO, International Gospel Outreach. <coughs> they're a, a missions organization. They're, they're also who I have my church through. And so a lot. we've got over 1,100 churches in 40-some states or 40-some countries, and so a lot of times they'll various missionaries or pastors or something will, will contact them and say hey we're seeing this issue do you have anybody that can help and so i'm kind of the go-to guy that they'll call me and say hey will you go to this particular country and investigate this and i also teach at their um their school of ministry in mobile and i'll go down and kind of do classes on human trafficking and 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 going in we've, we've done classes on um Teaching missionaries and humanitarian aid, you know, relief organizations to go into hostile areas and how to um, how to travel into these areas as safe as possible. Um, you know, one of our mottos is safety's is overrated. You know, live dangerous. Um, but you know, there's really no there's no wrong way to eat a Reese's. There's no safe way to do this. It's just you you know, uh, calculated risk. Wow, this is. This is like amazing. I'm so
0: excited to bring this topic to you here, and I'm so grateful that uh, they're sharing this with us. And uh, I'm just like, you know, if if you think that your neighborhood, nothing like this is happening, I I need you to think again. You know, what are what are some of the things that we as civilians can look for to kind of like say something is funny something's happening
1: um well i can tell you in like in this area um we have a a a truck stop not far from here as ashley was saying it's it's probably you know it's less than five minutes from here and what they'll they do is they'll it's right on the side of a major interstate and you have girls just being left out kind of in the parking lot next to the building a vehicle come drop them off you know an hour or two later, another van will pull up, pick them up, and it's kind of a transfer point because what happens is a lot of these girls will they they run a circuit because all of this is organized crime wow um,
0: and so the the bottom line of this being organized crime what what do you i mean when we talk about organized crime, you think about the Al Capone era and you think about the Gaudis and you think about you know all of that. In, in this modern time, when you say organized crime, what, what is it specifically?
1: What does that look like? Um, I, I don't want to sound like a conspiracy theorist. Yeah. But at the same time, I don't want to say too many names because, I mean, the stuff is real. Wow. Um, you know, and real things happen to real people, yeah. especially when they run their mouth. Wow. <laughs> way too much. Wow. Um, but, you know... Some of the things to look for, um, massage parlors popping up, these little Asian massage parlors and stuff that pop up. Um, I've, I've worked in those in, in the Atlanta, Georgia area. Um, they're a huge – in Charlotte. Um, if you look at – follow um, – I know, I know it sounds crazy that anybody would want to follow this, but follow strip clubs and, like, girls coming in. If you see signs up, new girls, or this week new girls are in. You know, that that's a – they run them through a circuit. You know, that, those are red flags. These are girls who they're here one week, next week they're there, next week they're there. You know, they're, they're running this circuit. Now, granted, there are some females who do this on their own. Um, an industry that's really um, bad for this is um, airline pilots or airline uh, flight attendants. Flight stewardens. attendants. Yeah, because um, they're constantly on the move, different places all the time. Um, so it's really easy to, to pull them into things. Um so if you're if college you're a flight attendant girl,
0: college girls, beware, right? Like yeah. be be on alert who you're talking to,
1: how they lure you in. One in three college age girls is sexually assaulted. Um, and if well, we've got one uh, one story of a girl, um, guy come up to her in a, in a club, college age girl, guy come up to her in a club. You know they quote unquote dated for. You know, a couple weeks, maybe a month. You know, because these guys, they'll have guys who are like scouts for this. And they do their homework. They put time and best time and money into these girls. He's dating this girl. He's wooing her and allowing her. And he's like, hey, I want to drive you to meet my family. They're out of state. So puts her in a vehicle, takes her to a house. And this was out west on the west coast. Takes her to a house in another state. Handcuffed her to uh, some pipes in the house. Beat her up raped her and then just had numerous guys coming in until basically her self-worth and she was just beat down emotional you know i can't go home there's nothing to me nobody will want me nobody will you know they get that mentality and you know instilled into them and then they own you now now you're going to do this for me uh and it all started from that boyfriend experience um but um here locally, aside from the uh, the truck stop, there's also there's a restaurant here in town, um, and they filter waitresses through, you know, under the cover of their waitresses. They're in and out, and that's that's one way they traffic uh, girls through. So there's a number of ways that you can look for it in, in you know in your town. But um, prostitution's everywhere. It's the world's oldest, you know, profession.
0: I I am speechless. Uh, I've been schooled. You know, I think I've been living in a cocoon, you know, where this is old stuff, movies kind of thing. And although I get the notion that things are not perfect and we live in an imperfect world and things like this, maybe it's like an afterthought it's in a movie and all of that, Mm -hmm. but it's real.
2: It's very real. And through him doing all of this, I went from being the person that was head down, like, keys not anywhere near my purse, you know, very oblivious to everything to where now my eyes are up, I'm making eye contact with people, my keys are in my hand, you know, I have a weapon, I I have a concealed carry permit, I train, and I'm protecting myself, Um, and if someone was with me where I work with a lot of youth at the church, I want to know that i can protect them as well Um, because you never know what kind of situation you could find yourself in so the more you train it's what they call smart training um you have to prepare yourself you have to be smart about everything
0: wow i i wish we had more time to keep going with this um i hope you guys are enjoying this as much as i am um I have a question, right? Would you be able to get together again and we do a part three to this and we talk about the martial arts and what you're doing with it and all of that. Would that be okay? Absolutely. Absolutely. Okay. Uh, Before we go, we got another minute and a half here. How can people contact you if they're interested in you coming out to them and doing this training for, say, their church, their martial arts place, School, college, uh, any women organizations, uh, and there's plenty of them around the country, I'm assuming, I, I believe. Better women, all of these organizations. How can they contact you where they don't feel that they are exposing themselves,
1: but they need to contact you, they need help? How, how can they contact you? Um, well, I would say what anybody that contacts you and, and is interested feel free to give them you know pass them to me but um, contacting my organization which is Piles Combat Fighting Systems on Facebook um, you, you can go to that organization and, and shoot me a message there um, finding me on on Facebook uh, but Piles Combat Fighting System probably would be the best the best route to go.
0: Piles Combat Fighting System and besides me what what advice do you have the next 20 seconds for women out there that that may need it
2: get training ASAP find a great martial arts school get involved um, find good self-defense classes do uh, a weapons class for a, a pistol get your concealed par- carry permit carry a taser everything is a weapon a pen can even be a weapon learn how to how to train with it protect yourself
0: wow Would you also be open to doing a Facebook Live with me Mm -hmm. and sharing these things from both point of view, a woman and a man's point of view, from your expertise? Yes, sir. Sir. Wow. Great, great podcast today. I think it was awesome. Leave me your comments. Share your thoughts. Let me know how you think. um, What do you think about this? How does it make you feel? And uh, we'll be back with part three. And we're going to talk about the martial arts. And what the piles are doing with it. Until next time. This is JDC. Here at Champions for Life. Where magical things happen.